Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast. I'm your host, James Cast. Today is January 21st, 2024, and this is episode 150. Today we're going to take a look at the top five sports that I wish I had in my gaming collection. If you'd like to reach out to the podcast with questions, show ideas, or just to talk about your latest project, send an email to tabletopsportcast at gmail.com. Right now we are, of course, in the middle of January, and it's been a busy month for sports. I've been really tuned into NHL hockey, and of course the NFL playoffs got continue shouldn't say they got underway. They continue this week with the divisional rounds. Uh, two big wins yesterday for the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. And two games on tap for today. And looking forward to seeing uh, what's become one of the best rivalries in football uh, right now. And I think that's Buffalo and Kansas City. Playoff rival rivalries that is and you know watching Josh Allen face off against Patrick Mahomes so this should be a really good game to kind of help close out the divisional round of the playoffs all right before we get into today's main topic uh, let's take a look back at the week that was on the tabletop All right, let's uh, talk about my tabletop and the activity for the past week. And as always, if you'd like to keep track of what's happening on my tabletop, you can head on over to facebook.com backslash tabletop sportcast. I try to post a few times a week uh, and give you the latest from what's been going on with my projects. Uh, This week was a big focus on just trying to get a few of my monthly goals wrapped up. Uh, in mid-month, I have uh, a next piece of the puzzle that I have to get started. We'll talk about that in just a second. But uh, let's start with the two things that I was able to wrap up this week. First, the 2023 Legends Cup. Uh, this is with Soccer Blast, where I was working with the International Legends set. I was doing basically a single elimination tournament. I decided, you know, how many, you know, it was going to take 21 games to play out everybody. And I kind of did a little different seeding in a sense. Um, I started with all of the countries that had double teams, like Argentina had two teams, Germany, uh, Italy, England. Uh, Started with those first and had them play each other so that I would only have one of them left in the tournament. Uh, Then I played out everybody else just trying to get some decent matchups in there. Uh, so in the end, I ended up getting through this week the uh, semifinal matches. Argentina won, team one that is, uh, beat Europe East in one of the semifinals. Pretty close game. Both teams have really good defenses, really good goaltending. The game was 1-1 at the end of regulation. Uh, what I did throughout this tournament was didn't do any overtime. I just went right to penalty kicks to decide the winner. And Argentina needed the fifth kick, but ended up beating uh, Europe East 4-3 on PKs. So they advanced to the finals. My other final or semifinal was Germany 2 against Italy 1. And the Germans came out on top in that one with a 1-0 win. 
So that set up my final with Argentina 1 taking on Germany 2, and Argentina 1 took the cup 1-0. Worth mentioning that Germany-Italy semifinal was decided on an own goal by Italy, so pretty exciting way to finish that one. Otherwise, that game was pretty much a draw as well. Uh, But in the end, it's Argentina 1 that comes out on top in my 2023 Legends Cup. So wrapped up that project, which was my January uh, project to deliver. I also wrapped up my monthly showcase with Legends of Boxing, finished off night three. Actually did nights two and three this past week for the Legends of Boxing. I was working with the junior welterweights, as we had talked about last week. Uh, My third show ended up being very similar to the first show. In fact, exact same matchups with slightly different results. So my final match of the showcase came down to Aaron Pryor versus Ricky Hatton. And it wasn't very close. Uh, Aaron Pryor ended up dominating Ricky Hatton. uh, Second round TKO knocked him down twice, I believe, in that round. And that was it. Uh, he didn't answer. He answered the bell in the second knockdown, Hatton, but uh, the ref called it. So Aaron Pryor comes out on top. He ends up 3-0 and in the showcase and wins that whole thing. I've posted this in a couple places, uh, Stone Mountain Press, the, the Summit on Facebook, and also on my uh, Facebook page. The one thing I would probably do differently next time is I had Bruce Curry at the bottom all three nights, and he lost all three times. Uh, What I probably would have done is had the loser of that third match, which was like the opening bout, might do that next time is almost like a loser leaves town in a sense. Like, you know, the loser is out of the showcase, replace them with somebody else just to get a little bit more variety in there. But other than that, I think the the format worked pretty well. Gave me a chance to just see uh, six different boxers and just get them in each three matches. So it worked out pretty well from that standpoint. And let's see what else. Face to the mat. I'm continuing the new project that I'm doing. I got through shows three and four for that. Uh, This is where I am basically randomly drawing from the entire collection to see who I get uh, in each of the shows. If I have any grudge matches or rematches or anything that gets called for in the storyline, then I get additional matches to run. Uh, I've had a couple of wrestlers showing up often, uh, even with the random draw. Uh, and I'm using probably about like a fifth of the set uh, each night. So I've got a good chance at having repeats. Um, I, you know, I mentioned last week, I'm trying to work on thinking like, what would it look like with a financial system? So I'm tracking like how much I would make in each show, but not really doing anything with the money. So right now it's just completely like random draws, but. I uh, want to get through two more shows for that this month. And then History Maker Baseball finished up my Cubs series for the uh, 1969 Mets. Uh, they ended up getting a win in uh, on September 9th, so they got a split with Chicago. I think right now it would be pretty close. I want to say the Mets might be up half a game on Chicago. I haven't been really keeping track of the standings, just trying to keep track of where the Mets are in comparison to where they really were. Um, And at this point they're in the middle of, in real life, they would have been in the middle of a really long winning streak. So I pretty much have to win to stay pace. Uh, Right now I'm up two games on how the Mets had performed. So I'm in 
decent shape so far, but a lot will play out over this big winning streak that they had in real life and see if I can uh, keep up with that. Uh, and for the sports games, that's all I was working on for this week. So right now for the month, I'm in pretty good shape. I have uh, wrapped up all of my monthly goals. I got the monthly delivery, the monthly tournament, the showcase, and the historical replay all all taken care of. What's left to do is a couple of things. Um, one, uh, continue the 69 Mets replay. I have a couple of series to get through for the rest of this month. And then the big one is the Wayne Gretzky project. I have to get that started. I really wanted to wrap up the Soccer Blast project first and then get into hockey. So I really have the rest of the month to knock out a whole bunch of hockey games. Uh, and hockey will probably be a pretty regular thing for me for the rest of the quarter, really. Um, and and certainly for the next couple of weeks. I really have, to, I'm going to, my goal is to get 13 games in for Wayne Gretzky's season. Uh, by the end of January. So I've got a pretty tight window there. Um, I have ordered some trays uh, for Hockey Blast from Travis Jansen. Uh, lots of people showcasing those around. So if you haven't had a chance to see those out there, um, check out some videos. I know Rob Gallimore just recently was showcasing them on his channel. Um, they're really cool, and I'm looking forward to getting them because I do. I, I can totally see how this is going to help me speed up the play. And the fact that I can just set up the trays for the Edmonton Oilers uh, and not have to worry about changing them at all is going to be a real benefit to running that project. So I'm looking forward to getting that. Uh, and that's really it for my monthly goals for the most part. Um, but... I have one more thing, and we're going to cover that in our next segment, which is going to be a news segment. So we'll we'll get to that in just a second, and we'll hit the news, and then we'll get into our main topic for today. So let's uh, let's switch gears and talk about some news around the sports game community. All right, let's hit up some news from around the sports game community. Uh, and we'll start with some correction, a, a major correction from my episode last week when I talked about matchup football. I missed one of the critical elements of the main game mechanics. So when you're playing matchup football and you are looking to at the matchups between the offense and the defense. Uh, I talked about that there's usually one or two ratings that you're going to compare for each. Uh, you're going to you know, take two, usually two ratings for the offense, two ratings for the defense. The one piece that I missed on there is you're also rolling a 1D10 as part of for each team. Uh, and that randomness makes it so that you, even if you're a lower rated team on either offense or defense, you've still got a shot to win the matchup, right? So there's still that randomness in there. But obviously, the higher-rated team, especially if there's a big gap, uh, it'll be tough to overcome. But you never know, right? With the die rolls, uh, there's always a possibility. So each team also rolls a 1d10 as part of that main game mechanic there. Um, and uh, just to also clarify, because it didn't sound exactly the way I th thought I had said it, but when you have the award rating for the athlete, uh, they win the matchup only if their position is called for, right? So, like I mentioned, a couple of the quarterbacks that had award ratings and said that they could win a matchup 
only if it specifically calls out, does the quarterback have the award rating? And that'll apply to any of the other positions too. So as I kind of listened back on last week's episode, those are two things that I think got, one I just completely missed. The second one um, didn't hit exactly right. Also, as far as co-op events, and this is the other thing I'm probably going to try to work on this month, is the Play Invitational. Paul Salzgaber is running the Play Invitational right now. Uh, week one wrapped up last week. Uh, that He's using uh, Course Collection 1. I didn't have Course Collection 1 in my collection, uh, so I had to order it, waiting for it to get delivered. And I missed the original announcement, so I'm about a week behind. Uh, so I missed the week one. I'm probably going to go back and play week one. And I'll play week two if I don't get my set in time. Um, hopefully that I will. But I should definitely be in for the final two weeks of the play invitational. Uh, and this one's kind of cool. Course Collection 1, one of the uh, signature courses and the course that they're playing this week, if you want to get jump in and you have Course Collection 1, is a Spyglass Hill uh, course. So that's like one, to me, like one of those signature courses on the PGA Tour. Uh, so that's a really good one to have as part of the Invitational this week. So uh, once again, Play Invitational is back uh, for the month of January. And then there were uh, two game companies that you all know that I follow pretty closely. Play Games uh, had a big announcement this uh, the past couple weeks, right? So they had um, a show a couple of weeks ago where they kind of gave us a heads up on what's coming in 2024. So I would have been remiss if I didn't kind of go back and cover that a little bit. Um, the th There's two brand new games coming out this year uh well one kind of brand new one is the full play hoops is finally going to get released uh we finally got the date it's going to be may of this year so we have a few more months to wait uh doesn't sound like they're going to do a pre-order they may start showcasing the game late you know probably in early april uh is when we'll start to see what the final product looks like so full play hoops coming out they also announced that they will come out with Express Hockey, which will probably be like, uh, I'm sorry, Express Soccer. So probably Soccer Blast Express, similar to what we saw for Lacrosse Blast Express and Hockey Blast Express. And we should see that right after Play.com this year, uh, which will be in June. So probably like early July is when we'll be looking at being able to get Soccer Blast Express on our tables. Uh, they are also going to re-release Draft Duel. Uh, I think that was a huge hit at the holiday sale. Um, probably won't look any different than what was available at the holiday sale. So if you were able to get the actual version, full cards, and not just a PDF, uh, that's probably what's going to get released again. And they just released this past week the 2023 golf season. So if you're look if you're a big golf fan like playing out the latest season, this one is going to be the one that really for the first time features uh, the Live Golf Court uh, um, Golf Tour and the PGA Tour. So they've got the mix of both in there. Uh, so you'll be able to get your hands on that. Um, other than that, I think those, those are the big announcements for them for this year. Um, 
so far and uh, they got some good shows coming up. So always check in to the play space live, uh, usually on Thursday nights. And then we'll switch over to um, Stone Mountain Press. They just released uh, January's Basecamp newsletter. And they are coming out with a 2007 a playoff set. Uh, so going back, to, and this will be an NFL version for Grid Zone, the Turf War II version. So you'll be able to get your hands on the 2007 set uh, and play those playoff teams from 2007. Uh, which, you know, if you remember, was the year that the Patriots went undefeated until that final game uh, against the Giants in the Super Bowl. And, you know, the, the Giants ended up beating the Patriots. So uh, so that one. And then, um, but other than that, it's really been, he's mostly, you know, Gary Brown uh, from Stone Mountain Press is really just working on Legends of Boxing, the second edition, right? So, a lot of work going into that. Sounds like from the newsletter, the game is ready. Now he's going to go back and just make sure that the fighter ratings uh, still work in alignment with the new game. So, uh, and this is where the development on the computer game has really helped because it's going to be able to really tweak those ratings uh, based on like doing some computer simulations and really hone in the, the fighter card. So more to come, um, but it sounds like we're looking probably in a couple of months, probably late March, early April for LOB2 to come out. Speaking of football, uh, one other set that I wanted to mention is if you are looking to play the 2023 playoffs, uh, go check out Fast Drive Football. The entire 2023 NFL season has been released. You can go check out those teams, uh, and if you want to pre-play any of these playoff games, that's a great way to do it. So Fast Drive Football has the 2023 set available, uh, and you can get that on the Fast Drive Football website. All right, and that's it for the news for this week. So now let's, let's get over to our main topic for today. All right, so today we're going to talk about the top five sports that I need in my gaming collection. Uh, I mentioned this a little bit last week. I'm going to talk about these games, and what I'm looking for is this. I'm also going to try to describe to you what it is that I want in these games, because I know for some of these games, there's probably some like instant result type things out there that that will help simulate these. Uh, but I'm looking for more than that, right? So I want to see something that has more than just kind of like an instant results generator when I talk about these games. Um, and for some of them, I think it's going to be difficult to get to that, right? So I, I do think it's going to be a struggle. And then some of these games you'll hear also, there are actually games out there, uh, and I'll try to mention them, that kind of cover them. Um, but again, there's something else that I'm looking for. And in general, I think just so I don't have to keep saying it over and over again, like in general, that's what I want. I want to, I want a game that helps really tell the story, build the narrative, allows for historical replays, or maybe just even in a fictional world that I can really get into seeing the athletes, you know, maybe not develop in a sense, but see them actually performing as this game is 
you know, as the sports game is kind of un, un, unfolding, it's best word I can think of at that point. So I really want to see like that storyline, the narrative. Um, a good game is going to have good strategic elements. It's going to be able to do some statistical recreation, but it's got to be fun, right? It also has to be fun. So uh, I don't just need a stat builder. I don't need just need instant results. I want something that actually feels like the game is taking place. And maybe this is a little bit of being spoiled by some of them, but a really good game and the games that I typically have in my collection that make it to the table more often than not are the ones that I can actually visualize this game taking place. I can actually see the game unfolding in front of me. And I don't get that a lot from just instant results, right? I don't want to just roll a couple of die and have like the finals, the final results of that game. Those have their place and, and, you know, and I have some instant results type things in there, but I want to see the story unfold somehow. And for some of these, I think that's difficult for others. It may be possible. Uh, and we'll talk about some of the elements for each sport that, that really play into that. With that said, um, I'm going to go down in the order here. I would not say that these are necessarily, a, you know, in order. I, I picked the order mostly because I think they're the ones that I would probably have a little more pressing need for. So let's start with number five, which is uh, I want a sailing game. Now I have regatta. Right. So I do have a sailing game and anyone who owns regatta. Regatta is one of the games that allows you to see the sport unfolding to a degree, but there isn't any real tie to historical events. It is a sailing game. It does have some strategic elements. You can play it head to head. Uh, I can play it solo. Right. And I can actually get some enjoyment out of it in terms of being able to set something up. And I can actually see the sport unfolding, but it is missing that really important element of being able to do some kind of like historical replay. And the fact that every boat is exactly the same means it's also missing another element there, right? Like I want to see the individual characteristics of the boats or the captains. Like there should be something about, or maybe it's the crews, right? But there should be something that tells me that you know, boat one is different than boat two. And that right now, Regatta doesn't have that. So it might just be even tweaking the current game of Regatta to be able to add some of those elements into it. But a really good sailing game that brings in some of the strategic elements of sailing, I think would be a really nice add to the collection. Um, so that's something that I would really like to see. And I think that, so that's number one. And I think, again, I have Regatta in my collection. I can have a sailing event on my tabletop if I want to. It's just missing something. And I look back to games like some of the early Sports Illustrated games, like baseball strategy, football strategy, basketball strategy, which were all really good games. And they did allow you to do something that a lot of games don't, which is, you could play somebody head to head and say, hey, we both have the exact same team. Now it's me against you. Let's see who wins from a, for, from a strategic standpoint. It really played into that element. But if those are the only games I ever had for 
baseball, football, and basketball, I would feel like something is missing, right? I want to be able to recreate a season. I want to see like the individual players, players that I, you know, whose names I know, like we've talked about before that baseball card feel, right? I want to see that. It may have a little less with sailing. Like I don't really know a lot of the individual captains, but if I think about things like an America's cup or even like doing like an Olympic style, um, racing event. Like, I feel like those are things that could play into that. And then there's probably other sports that would be similar to sailing. Um, but th th that's the one that really stood out the most. Like I thought like, is this the same as doing like other boating events? Like, is it the same as like crew rowing, um, canoeing, like any of those? And I would say, no, it's probably a little bit different. Like there's some, there's a certain strategy involved with a regatta, um, that I think needs to play out. And some of that comes out in regatta itself. Like you get that strategy. It's missing that historical replay element. So that's really the next level to a sailing game that we need. Number four on the list, um, and I actually have two sports here because I think they are very similar. And then there's probably other ones that you could throw into this as well. And the two that I have are swimming and athletics. Now, I'm not aware of a swimming game other than like an instant results game. Athletics does have decathlon and another one of the old Sports Illustrated games. And that does a pretty good job of replaying like what you go through in a decathlon. Uh, you do have historical recreation with decathlon. You do have um, individual athletes. They can recreate their performances. Um, you get a little sense because it's 10 events, you get a little sense of the drama building from event to event, even if each event itself is just a simple die roll for the most part. Um, but there is a little bit of drama built into that. And, and then you end up with the final race being the, you know, the 1500 where you've got multiple roles there and you have the ability with some of the racing events, like the 400 in it, uh, which ends day one and the 1500 that ends day two to build a little drama because there's multiple segments for the event. Even the jumping and throwing events in decathlon have the ability to build some drama there. So this one comes with a little bit of an asterisk because you're pretty close to getting there. The problem is that it only is recreating it for decathletes. Uh, there is a set out there that you can get for the heptathlon as well. Um, but it's the multi-sport events only. So if you really wanted to recreate like a swim meet or a track and field meet, I think there's that missing element where you could just do any event that you would want. And you could expand on something like decathlon, right? You could just take something as simple as the formulas that you have there and build out for every single track and field event. You could build out for every, you know, all the swimming events and just kind of run them that way. Probably very possible. But these to me are two of the, you know, when I think about the Summer Olympics, these are two of the three most popular sports in the Olympics, in the Summer Olympics. And then if I go to like the Winter Olympics, you could start to incorporate anything that is just one individual, you know, competing mostly against themselves, maybe a little bit competing against their opponents too. Like, would this also involve like, you know, downhill skiing? Yes. Speed skating. 
Yes. Like all of these are similar events that it's you against the clock or you against your opponent, both of you against the clock. That's the nature of this game. That's the nature of swimming. That's the nature of athletics and all these other sports that I think fall into this kind of same place. And yeah, you'd love to be able to recreate the Olympics. And if you were going to recreate an Olympics, and there are some games out there that help you kind of like replay the Olympics. But these are the ones that you'd want to have be the signature events. You'd want to see all of these kind of unfolding. And to me, like the ideal games here would be almost like having like a dual meet and track or maybe a big invitational where you have like, you know, a Grand Prix type event or a World Cup of, you know, um, you know, worlds kind of event. Same with swimming, right? You want to see like maybe a dual meet format or a big invitational like, you know, the NCAA championships, whatever it might be. You'd want to be able to replay those. So you'd have to figure out how to do like heats uh, potentially if you were having a big meet. Uh, you'd have to think about how to, um, you know, have like, is it just you against the clock? Like, are you rolling for each athlete? Not sure how all the components would work, but again, a game that's really close because we've got decathlon that gives us kind of a lens into what it could be, and it does help build some drama. But I feel like if I was running like just 100 meters, I wouldn't get the same drama that I get from decathlon because the decathlon, the drama is built from the point accruing, the points accruing throughout each of the events and seeing how the standings develop as you go through. Less so if you're running 100 meters. And how do you build drama with something like 100 meters or 50 meter freestyle? You know, it's just a roll to see what the time is. Like, I'm not sure. I think that's the pieces of the puzzle that would have to be figured out if you were going to successfully get swimming or athletics or any of those other sports that we mentioned that are very similar in nature to the tabletop. Um, but those, those are two that I would really love to see because, um, like I said, you know, every four years I can, I will, I will always tell you like, my two favorite sports are probably baseball and hockey, football, love watching it, college basketball, love watching it. I'll watch golf. I'll watch tennis, right? Like I love just watching sports on television, but every four years, what's my favorite sport? It's swimming and, and track and field. Like, because when the summer Olympics rolls around, like it will this year, that's going to take number one priority. Like I want to, I want to sit down. I'll get riveted by watching those week or two play out during the Olympics. At number three, we've got several team sports that still really have yet to really feel like they have a presence on the table. And I picked two here because these are two that I have some familiarity with and would love to see both rugby and team handball made into actual tabletop games. Now we know team sports work, right? We know the drama works. We know that you can have the story unfold. We've we've got many examples of that happening. But I have yet to really see like a really good effort or at least not in my collection. And these are two of the ones that I would say if you know of a really good one and not just like an instant results, but one that actually helps you see the story unfold for both rugby and team handball, 
Um, I think those would be really good games to get added to the mix. Rugby to me is just one of those classic games. It's that struggle of the ball needs to move. You know, to me, it's, you know, football is like the elevated version of rugby in some ways, but in other ways, I almost feel like there's a component to rugby that really feels like that's a game that I would love to watch more often. Um, I think that rugby can be a really good tabletop game. And then as far as team handball goes, like I think there's some really cool elements to team handball. And it was something that I got introduced to in high school. Um, really enjoyed, you know, playing it, you know, when we would play some games and we played some kind of like intramural, like team handball. We had a couple of phys ed teachers in our area that were really into the sport. And it has some really interesting dynamics. And I think it, it could make for a really good sport. And again, it's these are sports that are very similar to ones we have. Uh, team handball, similar to soccer, similar to basketball, has similarities to, um, you know, uh, hockey. And, and you could see the jump to making these work not that great compared to what they are. The historical... Uh, piece of this a little less, right? Like I'm not the type of person who's going to know who the rugby athletes are. I'm not going to know who those team handball stars are, right? So if this was like a fictional game, I think it would work fine, but I'd want to be able to get to a place where I would see the strategy playing out, where I could see like the, the different plays playing out and build that drama by playing the game out as like, um, you know, somewhat of a full play game. Um, maybe it's more of a, like an express type game. I don't know, but I do think that there's some advantage to having that, those two games play out. And I would love to be able to add those and say, yes, I can, I can get rugby on my table or I can get team handball on my table. And there's probably some other team sports that you could throw into the mix here. But again, I think each one of them starts to just say, well, how different are they from some of the other ones? And that's probably what's been, there's probably two big pieces here, right? Because we know that these are certainly on the world scene. These are both very popular sports. Um, rugby, I think, has bridged most of the way where you could say, yes, like almost everybody knows about rugby, has seen a rugby game. Um, but they're going to look at it and say, well, how different is it from football? You know, and is it different enough to actually warrant having a different game? Not sure. You know, you could say the same thing for things like arena football, right? Like these are team games that team sports that are similar in nature to ones that already exist. So what's the big leap that we're making here? Um, I think play tried it with like box lacrosse, right? And the truth is it's not that different from hockey. It's not that different from like soccer. Did it make the leap? Not, not a hundred percent. Right. I mean, that's why they only bring it out once a year, I'm sure is because there's really not a high market for it. So there's probably not a great market for some of these other team sports. Cause it's like, well, how different is it from what we already have? But at the same time, would love to see these added to the collection. At number two, um, I've got cycling. Now, I think there are some cycling games out there, and I probably just don't have them in my collection. And I wonder if they do what I want them to do. I'm also going to put in here adventure racing. And I think they're similar because, to me, both of them involve, like, the idea of an event taking place in different stages. 
So there's some drama that gets built up by seeing the stages unfold. Uh, if I think about something like the Tour de France, right? Like, and I know that there's a game based on the Tour de France, um, and maybe it does what I want it to do, and maybe I just need to get it. But that idea of running through the different stages, that over the course of like you know a week or two, again, you get to see the standings unfold as you kind of go through the events. So I think cycling and adventure racing has a very similar feel that the races run over stages and you have all these different elements that come into play. And, you know, one is more of an individual sport. There is some team elements to cycling. Um, you can have a team event in cycling, but, you know, I would love to see it where you could actually run through an event. And when I always think about cycling, to me, I always think about the uh the old movie i think it was called american flyers uh, it's an old kevin costner movie and they the, the big event that they're taking part in is called the hell of the west so similar to the tour de france but on a much smaller scale i think theirs is only like over a few days right but seeing those events play out and seeing like the different stages and racing for points you know the mountain stage the sprint stage all those kinds of elements coming into play and you can actually work in somewhat as a team. Same thing for adventure racing, right? You have a team aspect to it. So I think both of those would make for really interesting, dramatic games. Um, and would love to see them both added to the tabletop. <coughs> so again, you probably have cycling to some degree. And I probably need to check out some of the titles that are out there. I just wonder if they're actually delivering on like historical replays or if it's more like it's a fictional game that is similar to cycling because uh, i think you'd want to be able to do both there's enough name recognition with something like cycling that you'd have to be able to be to pull that off you know as much as he may have been cheating his whole way through it like lance armstrong is kind of a household name right and a lot of the other tour de france winners are little you know maybe less so to most of us but there are actually individuals that you could say yeah i'd love to be able to see them greg lamond is another top american that i can think of right so you'd want to be able to do that in addition to maybe doing something that feels a little bit more like fictional uh, but cycling uh, or stage events like adventure racing um, i'd love to see those kind of play out on the tabletop and that brings us to number one. And at number one, um, we get to two of the other most popular sports. And I really can throw three in here, although the third one I'm not as keen on getting. But um, when you think about Olympics, both winter and summer, like two, here's three events that I think, in addition to swimming and athletics, stand out. And that's gymnastics and diving. And I'll throw the third one in, which is kind of figure skating. But um, to me, gymnastics and diving. And the reason I grouped these three together is because in addition to the athletic component here, there is also this idea of judge scoring. And I think for some people, they start to question, like, how much of a sport is it really? Well, I think when it comes to, like, gymnastics for certain, uh, for me, I can see a lot of the athletic uh, – elements in there diving and figure skating definitely come into more being able to just 
complete a routine to a degree. And gymnastics has that too. But I see a lot more of the athleticism showing up in gymnastics, uh, whether it's men or women. Similar to what we talked about with like swimming and athletics, and you know, I'm going to focus on gymnastics a little bit. Like, there's this idea of being able to run a meet too. Um, they usually do like quad meets in women's gymnastics. Um, I don't know how many they typically will have. Probably still do like quad meets for the men's. But the idea of like rotating through the different apparatus um, and having the teams competing on different apparatus at different times, right? And always knowing like how did your opponents score. You know, and you get the drama during a meet of, you know, if you've got a, you know, if you think about like the Olympics and the team competition, you have the ability to actually see how everybody is performing. Like, you know, as each athlete goes up and performs their routine and usually you have five or six for the team and they keep like the top five. Right. And you get to see that drama unfolding as, you know, how did they perform over there on the floor? How did they do on the vault? How are we doing on uneven bars? Right. Like you have that element of drama building up as the meet takes place. And then I think it's trying to figure out similar to what we dealt with the same issue with swimming and athletics is how do you actually play out like a routine on a tabletop and build that drama? Or is it just kind of like more like an instant results, but building it into more of like a team format? So I'd think you'd want to be able to see the drama to a degree. You'd almost want to get like that slow motion replay to some degree of, of a routine playing out. And that's where I think it would work better in gymnastics, maybe than diving or figure skating, because in diving and figure skating, you're only really performing the one routine typically. In diving, you have to perform several different dives. Uh, gymnastics, it's the different apparatus that I think would add a little bit of different elements to it. And knowing that maybe certain athletes have strengths on one and weaknesses on the other, right? Um, but being able to see that play out. Uh, if I think about like an Olympics type event, you have a lot of different competitions that they do. And most of them feel similar, but, you know, you're going for different things. Like you have the all around, like who's the best all around athlete. You've got your individual um, competitions on each of the different apparatus. And then you've got your team competition. So you could see all of that playing out, too. So that would be really, I think, to me, really interesting. But then, you know, you'd want to avoid it having to be a whole lot of die rolling um, to roll. You know, if you think about a team competition with like up to like eight teams competing, uh, you know, if I'm talking about women's gymnastics, right? Eight teams competing, four different apparatus, like five or six athletes on each apparatus. That's a lot of dice rolling you might have to do. So how do you condense that down into a playable game? Not really sure, but I think getting gymnastics out on the table would be a really interesting game to add to the collection. Because, again, I think of it as just one of those signature sports every four years or so. And it's certainly for all three of those, you can think back on different Olympics and the name recognition of the stars, right? Like they are some of the signature athletes of those Olympic games. They are the ones, you know, you will see, you know, we had Mary Lou Retton on the Wheaties box. You know, you can have, um, you know, Simone Biles on the Wheaties box. Like, you know, that that is one of those status symbols, right, of who's going to make it to the Wheaties box. 
um, you just get them from these sports. You know, you have a Greg Luganis in diving, right? These are signature athletes for their time in the, in the sun. So being able to play those out on your tabletop, I think would be a really interesting way to do it. Similar challenges to swimming and athletics, though. Like, how do you do it without it just being, I'm going to roll for your score? Not really sure. Love to be able to see the drama. Feel like I'm watching it on television, in a sense. That's the goal. And that's it. Those are my top five. So uh, five, you know, we're talking about sailing. We're talking about swimming or athletics. We're talking about rugby or team handball cycling or adventure racing and then gymnastics or diving um love to see those be able to play out and you can definitely hear a theme here right like i think we've done a we i think the gaming community and the designers that we have out there supporting the gaming community have done a really good job of bringing to the table a lot of the most popular sports we've got golf tennis basketball hockey baseball football right they're all out there already you've got professional wrestling for those who are really into the sports entertainment side of it we've even now you know play games has done a really good job of even capturing some of the fringe sports right you've got things like dodgeball and high and roller derby right you've got all these different games we've got bowling out there you can get just about everything these Olympic type events feel like some of the missing elements. Uh, and like I said, these to me are some of the most popular sports, especially every four years or so, like these become the most popular sports. So why not have their place on the table too? All right, let's come back and wrap up this episode. And that's a wrap on this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed a look at the top five sports that I want in my collection. And again, these games may exist. I mentioned a couple of games that are pretty close to having what I want in them. Um, and you may have, you may know of some. And if you do, please send them my way. I would love to get my hands on something that meets these needs, right? That's that's the goal here is to get something that can meet all these needs that I have across these different sports. And, you know, as I was wrapping up that segment and thinking about what else has been in the news, I'd be uh, remiss without mentioning um, what looks like the end of Sports Illustrated as we know it. Um, and for most of us, I'm sure that was a key part of the childhood, right? It's a key part of that sports gaming just the sports enjoyment, right? It's Sports Illustrated played such an important part in kind of my teen years. I was, you know, always looked forward to getting the the, the issue delivered every week. Um, just, you know, seeing who made the cover. Uh, and again, think about the Olympics. Like that was another big threshold, right? Can you make the Wheaties box? Can you make the SI cover? Um, yeah, they did. The, the magazine was really the epitome of sports reporting for so long uh, and you think about the sporting news you think about sports illustrated and it also represents really what's happening to print media right print media i think newspapers are struggling um, and unless you can really build that digital presence and it's difficult because everybody can do a digital presence now so not sure what the future holds for Sports Illustrated. It's certainly the news this week certainly looked like the end of the road for an iconic magazine. 
And, you know, for a lot of us, Sports Illustrated had a lot of the key games we wanted. You know, Status Pro was Sports Illustrated and Avalon Hill. Like I mentioned Regatta and Decathlon. These were Sports Illustrated games. Title Bout, you know, um, I think was more Avalon Hill, right? But um, at one point, like Sports Illustrated and Avalon Hill kind of co-sponsored in a sense, you know, uh, it's a lot of these games. But yeah, it seems like a shame to see the end of that era. But that's a lot of what these games were about, too, though. It's about those iconic sports, the ones that would have made the cover uh, of Sports Illustrated, made the Wheaties box, made the news from time to time. So that's what we're looking at. So thanks to Sports Illustrated. Uh, you know, I, I have so many of these old magazines still in my house, uh, and uh, I've got some of them up on the walls. And, you know, they, they really were. They were a key part of kind of growing up with sports. So thanks. All right, what's next? Well, uh, for my tabletop, I'm going to be really kicking in high gear, the Wayne Gretzky project, really looking forward to getting into that and seeing if I can recreate 50 goals in 39 games. Seems like a daunting task, but if there's anyone who can do it, it's the great one. I'm going to continue with my 1969 Mets project to try to get that through. I have a couple other games I'm going to be starting to play this month um, as part of prepping later deliveries. Uh, Grid Zone's going to get back on the table probably this week. Decathlon talked about a little bit today, and that's scheduled to get on the table. And back into fast inning baseball as well this week as I continue that 1954 MLB rumble. Next week on the podcast, uh, we'll have an interview, first interview of 2024, and I've got Jeff Giordano, uh, otherwise known as the APBA Football Club or the APA Football Club. <coughs> He'll be joining me next week, and we're going to talk about hosting live events. And he's got a big one coming up later this year that I'm hopeful to attend, which is um, the football event that they'll have at the Football Hall of Fame. And it sounds like a lot of different football games will be represented there. Uh, Play Games is planning on being there. I've heard Breakaway Football will be represented there. So it should be a really interesting event. And we're going to hear all about it next week on this episode. So, or next week's episode. So until then, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, No playlist will be posted this week. I'm going to take a little break from that this week, but um, hopefully you'll enjoy this episode. And then we'll be back with the interview with Jeff Giordano next week. Thanks for listening.